Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, my friends out here in Blog Talk Radio land. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Off the Shelf for this Saturday, the first Saturday in October 2013, October the 5th. We're waiting on our guests to dial in, and I'm finding this happening a little bit more frequently. Uh, and I was just asking somebody, should I charge guests? They reach they reach out to me or their publicists to be on the show. I haven't reached out to get a, have a guest on our show and. Oh, it's been a while, and uh, thinking if they had to pay some money, would they be here on time? So, not sure, um, but uh, as, as, as I said in a previous off-the-shelf sh- show, and I reiterate, you got to keep that same enthusiasm up for things that you have at the start, whether it's a, it's a, it's a job, because if you don't keep that same enthusiasm up, that's how people get fired. That's how they get on the layoff list. You started out with a lot of enthusiasm, and it waned, and that's what it eventually got you, you know. And then the same thing in relationships, they end, they go bad. Your enthusiasm, you let it die out. you got to keep those flames going, and that's in, that's in anything, and it takes work. It, even in your personal life, if it, if it means meditating in the morning for just a couple of minutes, and then at night exercising, eating fruits and vegetables, uh, getting out in natural sunlight, getting enough sleep at night. You just got to keep the flames going and keep your energy and your enthusiasm and passion up. And the same applies when you reach out to, whether it's a interview, radio, television, whatever it is, a job, a relationship, whatever it is, starting a project, you have to every day do something regularly to keep those flames burning. You don't want to come in with a lot of enthusiasm at the start, which is what we generally do as humans, we have so much enthusiasm, so much passion at the start of a thing. We're just so eager to, to, to get out there and either schedule interviews, get out there and get a new job, get out there and start a new relationship, get out there and start a diet plan, get out there and start a weight loss plan, get out there and start volunteering, get out there and start working in the church, get out there, fill in the blank, get out there and start uh, uh, being closer with our family, fill in the blank. And then as time goes on and life just keeps happening, all that wanes because we don't do what it takes to flame those, keep those flames going. If you if you were to place logs in a fireplace and if you don't keep that flame going, it's going to burn out. At some point, you got to throw more logs on. You, you've got to keep looking back at, at it. And uh, see, uh, the flame is dying. Do I need to put more logs on the fire? Do I need to stoke the fire? The same happens in life. You can't go through in relationships expecting that they start with so much passion and so much zeal and that they're just automatically going to keep that up without you having to do anything. So when you when we, when we you want something to stay hot, you have to do what it takes to keep it there. So I, I say again, People starting out doing things, and I see this with off-the-shelf at times, the enthusiasm that people have when they schedule the interview, literally coming back over and over asking to be on or keep giving me more information about the artist, why they should be on the show. And then the show actually comes, and they don't show up, or they show up late. And so it's like, okay, the enthusiasm, something Something happened. I also always keep an open mind that something unfortunate, something unexpected could happen to a guest. They could have gotten ill. They could have something happened with them in traffic. I don't know. Something could have came up with a family member. So I don't don't get angry. But I do notice when it happens more frequently that I think a big part of it really is people lose enthusiasm for things as it goes they don't keep that same enthusiasm when they first do something. And maybe a job and relationships are the two greatest examples of that. You, how excited you feel when you first start a new job. Check your posts a year later. You're probably complaining about the job, criticizing the supervisor, criticizing that manager. When you first got hired, everybody was wonderful. So did they all change or was it you? So we have to pay attention to when we start complaining, you join a new church, everything's fine. Then all of a sudden, you start criticizing the pastor, criticizing this minister. Is it these people? Or is it is it us? 
So we have to uh, keep those flames burning. Don't start going down negative roads. Stay on neg- positive paths and do what it takes to do that. Again, if it means counting your blessings every day, then count your blessings. If it means meditating, then meditate. If it means reading books that put you in a positive frame of mind, listening to music and watching, do it. But it takes effort. The stuff does not automatically happen. People don't automatically live successful lives. They do things to keep that going. There's no lucky people. There's no special people. The Lord didn't make no special people. They do stuff to stay on that path. And if you think that you just can start out and not keep doing stuff and keep going down the right path, then you might be kidding yourself. So you have you have to get some what is it like Anthony Robbins said you gotta get some rituals you gotta get some stuff that you do every day that keeps you on the path you want to be on you gotta do stuff that keeps you every day moving down a road you want to go down that you want to keep traveling on you can't just put it all in at the start all the enthusiasm the rah 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 at the start and then just stop because it's going to die out if you do that. You gotta get up every 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 day and do something that takes you one more step forward. People who are successful, they're not lucky. They do these things, and so um, those you admire, you gotta look at them. The Harriet Tubmans. You get up every day and do something every day. So there's no lucky people, no special people. They're just those who put that work in and those who don't. And then those who don't just assume those who have success. They're just lucky, just luck of the draw. No, I don't think so. So I encourage you to do that, to uh, to do what it takes to keep that same enthusiasm going. Do what it takes to keep that fire going because if not, it, it, it'll die out. You can just, again, the, uh, the example I gave you of a fireplace, just load up a fireplace with logs. And you th- you think, man, this fire, I, I, I started out so good. I put all these logs in this fireplace. I chopped all that wood. I, I Man, I put a lot of work in at the beginning. I, I and Look at all those logs, and that fire is just roaring in that fireplace. If you don't keep it going, you'll look back after a while and say, and that fire is all gone. So I, 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 you gotta do, you gotta consistently do things. Whether you're a business owner, not only you for yourself as a business owner, but you have to keep your employees enthused and connected, so they the fire in them doesn't burn out. Whether it's a few dress down days a month, whether it's having employee events, whether it's sending communications out to your employees, having get-togethers with them and open discussions, whatever, whatever. Something's got to keep people, the fire going, or, or again, it'll die out. So um, i leave you with that. Actually, we're still waiting for our guests to dial in. Not sure if uh, today's show is going to be a shortened show or if it's going to go um, the full length of the show. And I'm trying to think of some questions that I have been asked uh, by people who either listen to Off the Shelf or just would reach out to me and ask me questions. And uh, one one of the questions I do know that I have been asked is um, how to market, you know, market books. And also people ask how to even write and get a book published. And another question that I that I get asked is how do you juggle? How do you juggle uh, uh, working? Uh, I actually am a, a, a freelance writer as well. How do you juggle all of that and still, uh, you know, write novels? How do you still? How do you, how do you find a time to do all of that? And I think not so much for me. I don't think they're asking, but I think they're asking more so for themselves. And I'm actually, as I'm talking, going to um, going to log on to AOL. Uh, I just I just speak to connect with today's guest via email. Um, I did connect with today's guest via email, and she said, oh, absolutely, she would be on today because I always follow up, uh, but I haven't heard from her. So let me, I want to go out um, and let her know, dial in today's show. Dial in. Please dial in to today's show. I'm typing. Uh, 
on my computer is going slow. Just sent her a message. Hopefully, we'll hear from her shortly. Uh, yes, but but as I was saying, so when it comes to writing a book, the, the advice I would give to people, and I and I heard somebody else say, I think it was Terry Bradshaw, who said this. It, what advice would he have for somebody who wanted to write a book? And he said, just sit down and start writing. And that's that's the advice I would give. And um, I'm thinking of a New York Times bestselling Arthur Zane. That's how she got her career started. She said she had no big aspirations as a writer when she started, and I don't think she thought she would hit the New York Times uh, bestseller list, which she's been on uh, years ago. But she just sat down and started writing. And uh, there's another author who's a self was a very successful self-published author with eBooks who went on to get picked up by a major publishing house. Um, she just said that she's trying to read, earn, reach a goal, financial goal to get enough money so she could go. I think it was to a concert, and her books actually took off. So now she's a, a full-time writer. But none of this would have happened for any of these people and others if they hadn't just sat down and write and started writing. So for anything that you want to do in life, uh, was this a new term I'm starting to hear people use? Practical practical dreamer not where you're dreaming so high in the sky that it, you 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 really couldn't take practical steps to make it happen you'd have to almost depend on magic which I'm, i don't really believe in magic you you have to almost de- depend on that to happen to get your dream to come true but pra- a practical dream something you could take practical steps and 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 bring it about. I'm starting to hear that term. Well, first step in anything to achieve a practical dream, you're going to have to take some action. So if you say I want to write a book, you have to it, it, stop waiting for some special thing to happen. You make the special thing happen. Stop waiting for a special thing to happen. You make the special thing happen. Stop waiting for a special thing to happen. You make the special thing happen. You make the special thing happen by sitting down and just starting to write. You make it happen. You can make that special thing happen, whatever it is you want in your life. You have the the thank God's given us that. He's given us the resources, the tools, the mind to make those those dreams come true. So you sit down and you just start writing. And then you can, before you even send it out to a publisher, and this is what Zane did. Uh, she put hers up on her uh, our website for free. And I think timing is also important. This is before um, the um, the blogs, I'm going years before the blogs really took off. So she'd go out and um, she put up on her website chapters. She had different chapters, uh, and I forgot what she called them, but from her books. And the response that she got was huge. And so she knew then um, that she had she had something. She knew then she had something. So that's one way you can know. I don't recommend just sending it all to uh, your family and your friends, people who don't want to hurt your feelings. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think that might be the best option because they might not be honest with you. So she, that's not what she did. She put it out on her website. Anybody would come to her website to read the story. They started passing it around to different people. This was before social media took off, so it was mainly to be an email that they were passing it around. She started to get comments from a lot of people about her books, and that's when she knew this could work. So that's one way, and then you could do that even before you go out to a publisher, and then you get that traction up under you, and then you go out to a publisher and you tell them, you know, I'm getting, I've already received over, I don't know, 3,000 emails about just a few chapters of the book. I haven't even published it yet, and I haven't written all the chapters and sent them all to people. Uh, so, but I've gotten this much response on just these few chapters. Then the publisher can say there's there's obviously a market for um for this, for the for the book, I'm trying to go back out to the guest again.
trying to go back out, and I know silence on the radio is not good. Um, okay, one more time. Going back out. Uh, okay. To her. She doesn't show up shortly. Uh, I, I just, like I always do, try to keep giving tips and advice. I think the last time a guest didn't show up, um, I read from my latest book, Love Pull Over Me. This time I think I'll just give out tips and advice. And if any callers or anything have questions and you post your questions, I'll answer those live on the air as well. Uh, and, and thank all of our guests and I guess our listeners for being here with us uh, today. And we, we've had wonderful, wonderful guests here on Off the Shelf over the years. And they've they've shared such valuable tips and advice I mean, I, I some very seasoned artists and entrepreneurs who have come on. Just very impressive. And so I, I appreciate each of them, especially this is 10 years, 10 years. I, I, again, as I started the show talking about keep going and then now talking about how do you write a, get a book published or write a book, the number one thing is you just sit down and write. And the same way I got this radio show launched when Neil Blake, who owns Blake Radio, and I love their smooth jazz uh, music that they play over there. I reached out to him to do an interview when my new, first book, Portia, came out. And he said, why don't you just start your own radio st- a show? And I had never crossed my mind, so I did on his station. And that's how um, Off the Shelf got started. It, it It's just a matter of, you, of taking a step. Yes, there may be things that happen that you might feel like is magical or something that makes you feel special or like God favors you, which I don't believe in that at all. We're like with the situation with the uh, the radio, Neil Blake saying, why don't you just start your own show? Some people need that to feel special. Like, oh, God's pointing me in this direction. But you have to take some action. If I had never started the show, if I had never, if I had never started you know getting guests and and uh, uh doing my intros and my the questions and then it never would have happened so I, I think a lot of people are waiting on way too much magic then don't get out here and take the practical steps and keep taking them because if you keep taking steps you will go forward i think it's impossible not to if you get up and, and stand still on the floor, you can say, man, I'm t- getting tired. I've been standing a long time. It takes energy. But if you want to get somewhere new, you better start walking. Because if you just stand in that one spot or live your life in one spot doing the same stuff over and over and over, yeah, you might wear yourself out going to work and coming home and cooking and taking care of kids. But if you don't step out, if you don't step out, and start doing new things. And one way to tell that you're stepping out is new. You you have new experiences. You'll meet people you didn't meet before. Some people you knew you knew and spent a lot of time with. They'll start fading out of your life, like something like you moving across an ocean, and they're fading out because you're you're leaving where they where they, you guys always were, and they're not. If they if they were walking with you they'd still be in your life. But if they stay back there and don't move and you keep moving forward, one day you'll look over your shoulder like if you were walking down the street and you look back and you won't see them anymore. They won't. And it's not that they were or bad people or you're a bad person or it's a wrong thing. You just chose to move on, and they didn't. It's just that simple. It's no different than walking down the street. If you want to get to, to, to new places, you're going to have to take step forward, steps forward and you can tell when you're doing that, again, because you will start to have new experiences. New people will show up in your life, and other people will start to fade out because it, you're you're moving forward. You're, you're not staying where you are, and I don't think any of us can stay where we are. We start to get bored. We start to get frustrated. I think we're meant to just keep moving, not only in our physical body. If you don't keep exercising, it's not good for your brain. It's not good for your physical, for your body. It's just not good for the human system. And I think when we stop moving as far as trying new things, we become bored. And I don't even know if we maybe get spiritually bored. We're made to move, and it takes courage to move. It takes courage 
to keep going and moving forward. But I know you have that courage. And and the, the things in us that that we really, really want to do, I don't think that desire goes away. And if we try to hold ourselves back too long, it's not good. It's not good. We're like a racehorse. We want to get out. We want to get out the pen. We want to run. And so we shouldn't tell ourselves, well, this will go wrong or that will go wrong, to try to stop ourselves or tell ourselves it's too hard. If somebody else did it, it can't be too hard. It can't be too hard. If somebody else wrote a book, it can't be too hard. It, it can't be. It can't be. Or oh, another person would have never done it. So your proof that you can write a book, go to the library or the bookstore and see all the books. And then you have to know. You can write one, too. You have to know that. But you have to sit down to write. And don't worry, is it a great idea? Is it whether there's no other books out here like this? Or i got to write the book that's so different. Just start writing and just let it all come together. Maybe after you get it the first draft down, you'll get some ideas on ways to change the book, to make it so it's more sellable. Or just more people, even if just a few people read it, it really impacts them. But you won't get there if you don't get started. So just sit down and start writing. It's not hard to write a book. Just sit down and start writing. To, to, if, you, if you're concerned about will it come together, will the book come together and make sense, then work with an outline. Sim- similar to the way you do when you're in high school or you're in college and you work with outlines. Work with an outline, and that can help you to to get your the early chapters of the story down. Uh, you can find out if your characters might be strong enough. And one way to, to do that, to develop your characters, is to have them to write ladders. They can write ladders to people, other other characters in the story. They can write a ladder to their parent. And then you can get to know and feel this, uh, the characters more fully. Uh, you can You can even write little snippets of of a story so you can see if the characters um do they feel do you feel connected to them enough because I, to me when it comes to fiction it's very important that you feel connected uh to your characters so just sitting down having them write letters to a relative or to a loved one a friend uh having them write in their journal these are ways that help you become more connected to the character um uh, ladders, journaling, uh, just doing, put, putting them in different situations that may or may not actually be in the novel, but you can just start to get more connected to the character, get a feel for them, uh, the, their likes, their dislikes. You can even write down some of their likes and dislikes. But again, maybe if this little snippet scenes, so you start to feel emotionally connected to the characters because once you get that emotional connection and you write and you feel that, emotional connection, that can come through with the reader. I have seen that time and time again. When you're emotionally really charged in a scene that you're writing, readers may also tell you that was a really emotionally charged scene for them as well. So those are some things that you can do to um, to just feel a connection with your characters uh, and then doing an outline. What, how's the story going to start? What's the setting? What towns are going to take place in? Uh, how many major and minor characters are you going to have? And I recommend maybe no more than three to four major characters and maybe top it out definitely at five. And then minor characters, maybe another three or four. Because if you have too many characters, and I did this in one of my stories, if you have too many characters, sometimes readers get confused at as who's doing what. Uh, uh, so and and then give each character maybe a distinctive voice, so that'll help readers to also follow the story, so they don't have to find themselves going back and rereading parts of the story. To become better as a writer, it generally is the same as becoming better at anything. You have to keep doing it. Not only will you become better at it, it'll start to feel very natural to you, and you won't be nervous. Uh, when you do it, it just feels like breathing, very, very natural. Your 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 brain's got it down. You've got that memorized, the process of it. So the more you do it, 
then those those these steps I'm talking about they may even become subconscious. You may start to you may say, oh, I don't use outlines because I don't, but maybe you're doing it subconsciously, and this and that's why the story is coming together without you doing an outline or 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 something like that. But again, if you're concerned, then I would recommend doing an outline, doing something with um, like that, having the characters write letters, having them write in their journals. Those are ways because you you need to feel emotionally connected to your characters. I, I really think you do, and 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 because if you're if the reader doesn't care about the characters, they're not gonna care about the story. I don't care how great the plot is. You could have a great plot, but it's gonna feel flat to the reader if they don't care about the characters. So um, that's another piece of advice I will leave with you as far as getting a book publisher, and that today has become challenging. But it's well. That's actually been challenging for several decades. Book publishers years ago, when they started out, but almost all of them were like independent book publishers are today. They weren't owned by oil companies and other big conglomerates who have a little bit of, you know, they do a little business into the tech world, a little bit of business in book publishing, a little bit maybe in music, a little bit there in maybe fashion, and then they do their main thing, and that's how they bring in their their revenues, generate their revenues. And earn their profits, but um, years ago it was you know you just had maybe two guys. I think Simon and Schuster was started with just two men, and maybe out in some small room somewhere, and they start a book publishing company. That doesn't happen. I don't see that happening as much where that where people start these small companies and they go big. Uh, uh, generally, uh, small companies I see now they start small and they stay that way. Or they might become a mid-sized company, but they don't go beyond that. Years ago, like I say, with Simon and Schuster, a small company could start and go huge. So I don't, I don't see that happening as much. And most people want that. Most, a lot of writers want that huge book publishing company backing them because they have more money. But I don't know if they have more uh, ready available cash because I don't know what their profits are. Uh, you know, some of the some companies that you think are doing extremely well, they might be generating a lot of revenues, but they might have a lot of overhead, and their profits might not be as significant as a smaller company's profits are. So, um, uh, just being open to not only just going after the major publishing houses, but also mid mid sized houses and small houses and startups. Startups generally are all always looking for new authors. They're not going to have the money generally to pay you. Um, they might not even be able to pay themselves, the person who started the publishing house. But they, if if they know how to market, they'll put a lot of time in really hustling your books. They also expect you to do the same because who, who wants to uh, take somebody on? You're supporting somebody, and the, and you're doing all the work. So you take you take on a uh, a book author, you publish their book, and they don't even want to market the book. They want you to do all of that. It doesn't work that way, friend, it, because it's through that marketing that you're going to sell the books and make the money, and the author is constantly coming back to you asking how many books have they sold, and I don't like this publishing house. You don't sell a lot of my book. Well, are you out there marketing? Again, this these practical steps, getting away from magical thinking, thinking that you're just magically going to hit the New York Times bestseller list because you published a book and you just think yours is the best or one of the best and everybody writing a book thinks the same way you are. So you're going to have to take practical steps, practical steps. And one another thing I will say in talking about success, keeping that fire going, finishing what you start Keep working on what you start so it stays hot. I find that people who are successful, they take a lot of practical steps. They don't wait for this magical stuff to happen. They take a lot of practical steps, and then that you look up one day and you're like, wow. And then there are those who just keep waiting for the magic. So it, it either way, if you want to sell books, you're going to have to tell somebody you've got books out here. If you don't, you just expect it to magically happen. Then sell in for a long wait, and and that and that may never happen. You got to get out here and tell. If you want something, you got to go after it. You want some. You want to sell books. You got to tell people about your book. It doesn't happen any other way that I know of. And you got to keep doing it. 
you got to keep doing it. Whether it means you go out on uh, tours, whether it means that you set up yourself, whether it means you attend cultural festivals and book festivals and writers' conferences and writers' seminars, and you tell people about your books uh, and, and encourage people to buy your books, you have to do it. Even if nobody buys one, buys it, you got to keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. That's how you stay out here. That's how you stay out here because the, the changes right now in the markets are so fast. You could be hot today and gone tomorrow. Again, I use that fireplace scene. You got to keep your eye on it because you got to keep those, those logs on and you got to keep stoking that that fire or the flames will go completely out. You could go anywhere, almost anywhere in the world where people have lit fires and all you see is ash because if you don't keep working that fire, it's going to go out. <laughs> it's going to go out. So you have to keep stoking the fire. Uh, the same for trying to find a book publisher. If you don't want to self-publish and you want to get a book publisher and you you start off being enthused and excited after you finish your book, and congratulations to you if you've just finished a, a new novel. I say congratulations to you, and I'm happy for you and, and wish you tremendous and massive success, and I say congratulations again. So you're enthused and you're excited, and, and, and now you want to get a publisher Hopefully you don't shift into magical thinking and think some publisher is just going to appear somewhere. You're going to the first publisher is going to accept your book, or your book's just going to take off and hit the New York Times bestseller Hopefully you don't go into that because then you might set yourself up for frustration. And if you start that magical thinking, you might set yourself up for quitting. So just the practical steps, and then so you you, you start researching the market. Uh, Literary marketplace is a resource you can use. Uh, some other resources, the, the writers market. I'm not a huge fan of that. The, their annual, they put out an annual, and they've been doing it for years. Writers market. It's by the same company that puts out Writers Digest, but the, you can find them in the in the bookstore under their um, their their authors, their writers resource section. The literary marketplace. You might have to ask the book clerk for that. They might not be in the general book on the shelving. And you can also go to a library uh, and get Literary Marketplace. All libraries don't have the most current Literary Marketplace. I'm a big fan of that um, resource. But you can get it you know, for free from the library and just sit there and start taking notes on different publishers that you, you want to uh, query uh, or send a synopsis or a few chapters of your book to. But follow, read the publisher's guidelines. Uh, and again, I keep saying don't do magical thinking. Don't read their guidelines and say, well, they said don't send a full book, only query and send a synopsis. But you say, my book's so good, I'm going to send a whole full book, and I know once they read it, they're going to buy it. No, once they see you didn't follow the guidelines, they're going to maybe throw the whole thing in the garbage. So fo- follow follow the guidelines that the publisher, that the publisher sets. And... Um, uh, uh, when you when you you have to study though the market because every publisher doesn't want your book. Every publisher you wouldn't want every publisher to have your book. You wouldn't want a publisher to have your book who doesn't. If you wrote a western, you don't want a publisher to have your book who uh, uh, doesn't know anything about the western book market. They don't even would know how to promote the book. So yeah, they could publish it which is no more than sending it to a printer and getting you an ISBN and a copyright. They could do that for you, but you could do that as a self-published author. But they could do that for you. Then if they don't know that market and how to promote, uh, promote to it, your books are just going to be sitting there, and you don't want that. So you want to go to a publisher. When they tell you we specialize in these type of books, they don't just specialize in printing those books because they work with a printer to do that. They specialize in marketing and promoting those books. They know that market. And I can't stress how important that is. When if somebody says, well, we specialize in historical romance, they know how to market historical romance books. You'd have a better chance of selling more books with them than somebody who might specialize in carpent- books, how-to books on carpentry. Because those people with the how-to books on carpentry, they know how to promote to that market. They probably have a, a, um, 
a, a subscriber list. They have people on their social media networks who are interested in carpentry. If you wrote a, a, a historical romance novel, that's not going to work. So when the publisher says this is what we focus on, and when I first started writing, I didn't know that. I didn't get that. This is another benefit of keeping going. You learn things. The publisher says this is what we specialize in. That's what they are, they know how to tap into that market, and they can help you sell those books if you there's, your story fits that. And don't try to tell them your story fits it because you want to work with them if it doesn't, because the readers they may not like your book and they may it may not sell and then the publisher has to let you go. So be honest when you researching it, uh, the type of book you wrote, and which publishers specialize. And not only printing or publishing, but also marketing the types of books that you write. You have a better chance of getting more sales and getting your name out there. And then be prepared to market hard, very, very hard. I mean, nonstop. Uh, not not even uh, a few hours a day. When I came out with my first book, it was like constantly, constantly things I was doing. And it paid off. But... Uh, I'm, I'm talking constant, and 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 if you get established, at some point you might even have to go back to that. I was reading an article where uh, Stephen King was doing some some new marketing strategy that he was implementing after all these years because things change, and then you might have to go out and really throw some more logs on the fire, and uh, uh, so you're going to have to market hard, especially if it's your first novel, and I mean hard. You're really going to have to keep at it every day, every day, maybe two to four hours a day. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's the same as if you're looking for a job. You you make it your job to look for a job. So it, it, it's going to take a lot of time to really get, get your name out there, uh, uh, not because you're competing with other authors, because people just don't know about you yet. And if you want to leave a very good impression on people, I recommend that you write a very good story. And one of the best ways to find that out, again, you can send sample, put sample chapters up on your website and, and monitor the responses that you get from people. And you can also work with a professional editor. And I kind of recommend doing both because you're going to get the, the editor is going to look at it not just as a, as a reader, but as they're going to nitpick the book, which is good. Uh, they'll catch things that a reader might not, but a reader is probably going to also find and look for things in the story that an editor wouldn't. So that's why I recommend putting it out, you know, to both. Not the whole story on your website, just a, just a few snippets. And you can also email to uh, uh, friends and just people who love to read, people who would give you honest feedback and not be concerned about hurting your feelings, not be concerned about you becoming upset about some feedback that they give you. And sometimes family and friends, they might be a little hesitant because they're they're afraid of how you might react. And if you don't react negatively, they might be afraid that they hurt your feelings. So uh, people who wouldn't have that, put your books out there and in front of them as well and get some honest feedback. And then working with a professional editor, because I don't care how many times you go over your, your novels, and even if you work with a professional editor, I recommend editing, 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 editing. Uh, because a lot of times as writers, we can have blinders on and we can think that a story is absolutely fabulous. We can miss a lot of mistakes a lot of mistakes. And I would dare say that there may not be one writer who's gone back and looked at their earliest work and just almost cringed, like, Eek. so it's, it's, you know, we get better as we go and we learn as we go and our ego can't deceive us as well as it, as it did at the start, telling us that this is just so wonderful. Why is it wonderful? You wrote it. <laughs> That's just not enough. That's just not enough. So getting out there, testing the waters, have it, letting other people read it, working with a professional editor, being prepared to market, and some tips on marketing. Uh, I, and I've heard people who market uh, professionally say when it comes to social media, there are so many networks out here. I mean, there's Pinterest, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's MySpace, there's Google+. 
There's, uh, oh my God, there's LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I think, is more a, a job search type of thing, a professional more than marketing books. But there's LinkedIn, there's, um, wow, and there's how many smaller ones out here. I'm, I'm naming the majors, but there are a lot of smaller ones out here. If you try to be on all of them um, regularly and consistently, I, you probably wouldn't be doing anything else because it takes time to market. So you get maybe start with just two or three. You say, I'm going to do Facebook, I'm going to do Twitter, and, you know, the messaging and the style of communication is different on these two. Twitter is more popular with men uh, than than uh, than it is with women, which I found surprising, but a, a recent study I read showed that. And continue to study the market and read. HubSpot's a good spot. Uh, they offer a, a, some free um, guides and things that you can read. You can also, in marketing, if you wanted to be a freelance, supplement your novel writing or nonfiction book writing with um, uh, other forms of writing, you could get like uh, HubSpot certifications and you could get uh, uh, Google certifications. The HubSpot one is free. You just have to devote time again to completing it. But that can help you land jobs when you put on your resume or you're in your portfolio that you have a HubSpot certification. They know you know about SEO. You know how to use SEO on a website because that's what this HubSpot certification teaches. Uh, you know how to work the social networks because that's, again, those lessons through the certification. Somebody who sees you have a certification, they know that you have studied and learned some of these skills. The same with uh, a Google certification. They know what's in the um, they know what's in the program. They know what's a part of it. For if you were a financial advisor and you were getting up Series 7, the regulators and the companies in the financial services industry, they know what goes into a Series 7, so they know when you pass. They know the knowledge that you have. And so the same is as with the HubSpot certification or the Google certification. So you can get those and then uh, start getting gigs. You don't need them to get freelance writing jobs, but it could help. And then particularly if you're doing copywriting, which is like helping people to market their products and their services, uh, whether it's B2B, business to business, or B2C, business to customer marketing. Uh, those are those are helpful, and they just I think they're helpful for yourself as an author who's marketing his or her books uh, to take those certifications because you might learn about things that you can do at your own website that you wouldn't know if you didn't take the certification, even if you've been marketing promoting a website for a long time. So it, that's good, and just keep up to date with new changes. New changes. When I when I talk marketing, I really recommend that because what worked years ago, for example, people used to put a lot of comments on a lot of websites, and some are still send out a lot of automated comments. But the search engines frown on that. And I've also heard that with Google, they're going more towards instead of the short keyword um, keywords in your articles, your blog posts, and on your website. They're going for more like longer phrases of things people might search for, like how to get how to um, how to find a secretarial job in Minneapolis. Those are the type of it's just getting longer. And then the the keyword thing is just not becoming as relevant. Um, but these search engines they change like Google they change their algorithms several couple times a year. And what worked what worked two years ago could actually cost you a very poor ranking. What you what could have gotten you a good ranking years ago and Google could get you a poor ranking today. So I think the thing to focus on um, when it comes to marketing is first of all making sure your content is unique and that you're providing people quality information. You're not just throwing content out there to just feed the search engines because that's it's not working, uh, and the search engines are getting more and more and more uh, strict about that, which is good because people don't want to do searches and come up with junk. They want to come up with good things, having original content. And if you don't do like a journalist and you don't go out and interview people and get their a list of tips and quotes and advice from them and then put it on your blog so that your blog is the only place that content is um, – you can do feature interviews with people. Just something that sets 
the content you have apart. Some people with pictures, they take pictures of places they go, and you're only going to get those pictures at their website because they're the only one who took them. Um, it, people putting personal pictures up, you can't see them anywhere else but on their blog. But if you do what everybody else has been doing, you're gonna it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tougher on you. Uh, the same with writing a novel when you write from your own voice, when you get uh, emotionally connected to your characters, when you 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 don't copy another novelist whether they were because they were successful or not, but you do your own thing. Um, that can set you apart, and it may start small, but you can build a readership as people who appreciate your work and what you do. I really recommend uh, putting out work that you feel is quality work and you feel is could could help another person's life that you feel is valuable. Putting out that type of work, I really, really recommend um, doing that. Because then it's easier to market because you have more confidence in your marketing because you believe that you have you you're, you're giving people something that is valuable that can um, Im- impact their lives in a positive way and you feel good about then telling them about that and asking other people to tell them about your products because you feel like they're so beneficial to them you know if somebody was just making the first washing machine you, you think about you don't have to use a scrubbing board anymore, and it's saving your, your your hands, and you don't have to peel the skin off your hands. You're cleaning your clothes on a scrubbing board. Just throw them in the washing machine. Could you imagine how easy it would be to market that? How easy it would be. You know, get the only challenge probably would be getting past the change in people thinking, well, I've always used a scrubbing board. Once you get past that and you show them the benefits, look how look how much easier this is on your hands and on your skin and how much more time you have in your day it, it, and, and look at your clothes they're softer they're this they're that they're actually even cleaner and it doesn't take the take as long when you show those benefits and then the, the convenience of it it would be so easy to market the, of the first washing machine it would be so easy because there's so many benefits and advantages to it over using a scrubbing board so uh, that's just one way where you 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 put out a good product you you write a good story where there's so many entertaining advantages and benefits you you could you could bullet them sit down think about your story start bulleting the advantages and the benefits in your story if it's nonfiction, you start what can people learn what is this going to teach people uh if they once they learn what you're teaching them will it remove any limiting beliefs will it help them learn how to build their own house and how many thousands of dollars will that save them they buy up a, a, a lot of, of land and build their own house versus con paying a contractor to do that um What's it saving them in cost? What's it saving them in time? What's it it saving them in mistakes they would make if they had to learn this the hard way? All those benefits, all those benefits, uh, if they start following the the, the recipes, using the recipes and following the diet plan in a a book you wrote, uh, how many health issues could they avoid? How could it help them to lower blood pressure, lower cholesterol, lose weight, have more energy so they can go after things they really love and enjoy and achieve and fulfill more dreams and feel happier and feel more joy and and be uh, better, have better relationships because they just generally overall feel better because they have more energy because they're following the recipes and they're eating better. All these advantages that connect, connect, connect. They make it easier when you're marketing because you, you highlight the advantages uh, for people. And if they, they want those advantages, you tell them this product, this this book teaches you it's gonna it's gonna give you the the tools and the knowledge that you gain uh, to give you advantage after advantage after advantage after advantage after I don't even know when the advantages and the benefits of it could end. They could just maybe go on and on and on. So um putting out a creating a good book that is full of benefits for readers. If it's fiction, it may be a lot of entertaining benefits. But you also depending on how you um, work your characters, you could have some relationship 
benefits. Even though it's fiction, it could be some relationship benefits. It could be some benefits to people who are in similar experiences that your characters are having, and they may actually be able to work through something that they're going through in their life um, as they read your, your novel. And it may be a subconscious pickup, something that they're not even consciously aware that they gleaned, grabbed, gained from reading your novel, but they subconsciously picked it up, and it helps them in a relationship that they're in. And they're not even consciously aware that they got that gain that advantage from reading your novel but it it, it could come so um uh those types of benefits and whether if it's a mystery they love mysteries uh if it's um a cliffhanger if it's a romance something that's going to make them feel emotions that they that they enjoy which could in turn lift their vibrations which could in turn let something good that they've wanted come into their life it, the benefits of reading a novel, particularly if it raises your vibrations, who knows? Who really knows? Listening to It's like listening to a song, music you love. Scientists have proven that certain music really is good for the brain. Are reading certain books, even certain novels, good for the mind? You feel good when you're reading this novel. You, you, you have something to look forward to. You want to finish reading it and knowing how it ends. What is the real true payoff of that? We may never know. So putting out a good product that has these benefits, you market, you promote it, you decide on a just, again, I would say three, start out with two to three social media networks, and you're going to work them. Maybe you're on there every day, and you're not just on there putting out things about your books, people can always click on your link to your profile and find out more about you and get your website URL, put that in your profile. They can always click on that and get that information. But you're also commenting on comments other people make because to really market, you have to build relationships. So it can't just be about here, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, uh, sharing tips with people, uh, just letting them know, you know, today I... I don't know, went to a movie and I saw this movie and I really enjoyed this movie, uh, maybe uploading some pictures and just building the relationships and the connections with people. I think social media is so good for that, uh, for people who market. But if you just keep pushing your products out of people, that's not really building a relationship. Um, again, sharing pictures, comments, just about your everyday life with people, not something so personal, but um, just just enough so people feel like they're getting to know you and they can build a relationship with you. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan, and I've got to really get my own newsletter going again. I think the last time I sent some out was maybe a month or two ago. But having your own um, in-house subscriber database with us ever list, because if all your followers on the – if the social media networks went away, all those followers you had, they're gone. You don't – you wouldn't – unless you've – gotten their contact information some kind of way, either through Facebook, you tell them, contact me, I'll send you a free, free chapter of my book, and then you get their email address that way. If, you, if you're not doing that, if, if those social media networks went away, because they're the owners of that contact information, you don't own your that follower contact information. They do. It's just like selling a book on Amazon. As a writer, I remember years ago, I went to Amazon. I said, Can, would you give me the email of the person who bought my book? And I just want to keep in touch with them and say thank you. They said, no, they don't do that. They own that. They own that. So uh, you have to build your own in-house databases, contact lists, so you can keep in touch with people your own own way, uh, not just having to do it and keeping it within 140 characters, 160 characters. You do it. You do it your way, and you could send them newsletters. You could send them holiday greetings, um, all types of things that you can do once you have your own um, your own database. Uh, there's so many different ways you can go out to people. Again, once you have your own database, and I'm a big fan of that as far as uh, where marketing goes. It puts you more in a driver's seat, and you can reach out to people whenever you want. But, again, giving them valuable information. People are marketed to so much. 
every day. You can't even almost pull up sometimes a, a video. I like the videos where they say after five seconds in the ad, and you can go ahead and watch the video. Some videos are taking that even away from people. They're making you, forcing you to write, watch a 30-second ad to see a video, and that happened to me the other day, and I just clicked out of it. I said, I, I don't like when people try to take my choices away and force me to to listen to their ad. I don't like that. People get so many ads on TV. We know through a Direct TV and some of these other programs, people are just flipping out of these commercials that you turn on the radio, you hear commercials, you just immediately shift to another station. People don't like being marketed. They don't like getting these ads constantly. So the thing is to build relationships, uh, create a good product so word of mouth starts to take over. And it's not a matter of you just constantly putting out ads, ads, ads. And I can't stress this enough. When you market, it takes so much time. It really, really does. Uh you might want to consider after a while hiring someone to that to do that marketing for you, which is why some authors hire publicists. Just make sure your publicists follow through, they, that they don't just schedule events and then disappear, or that you follow through. It doesn't look good when you start out with so much enthusiasm and passion and you don't show up, you don't follow through. It doesn't look good. It doesn't. So uh, just make sure you keep checking in. If you do hire somebody, if you hire somebody to market your website or your books, check, keep checking in to see the results because they, it, some of the marketing steps they take could actually be hurting you, could actually be hurting your brand, could be hurting your image or people's perception of you. So you want to you want to check in. You don't want to just assume, again, that magical thinking, assume that everything's going well. Be practical, check in, check in, and, and measure the results of of the marketing because uh, I myself, I said, you know, once I get uh, my my uh, cash flows up, I definitely am going to hire a marketing firm to do it for me. It's just, it's just, is it's too much time that has to go into it. And then with with all the other things I put into my schedule, which comes back to one of the other questions I told you that I people will ask, how do you juggle it all? Uh, it, it, it a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a whole lot of this, a whole lot of that. But something almost always kind of loses out because there really there are 24 hours in a day, as far as I know. So, <laughs> as far as I know, I know Albert Einstein said it's all relative, but as far as I know. And so um, sometimes you just have to take some of the things you're doing and farm some of that work out to say, uh, hire somebody to do the marketing for you. And I've made up my mind that that's something that I'm going to do. I'd rather be more in the uh, creation development stage. And then I also do, you know, my freelance writing. Uh, I'd rather be more, though, in the creation development stage. And then I just have somebody else market it. And that's what a lot of people uh, who are successful do. They do one stage of it, and then they somebody else, their name stays on everything, but somebody else will do um, the marketing, the advertising piece of it. Because it's just so, it's only so many hours in the day. But when you're starting out, maybe you just devote an hour a day to marketing, you, and you decide how much time you're going to spend on social media. And maybe you say you're going to put out a newsletter once a week or twice a month, and you stick to it. Maybe you're going to do one radio interview a week on the internet or and off the internet. Uh, you're going to send one, uh, two press releases a month and you stick to it. And, and, and it's, it's going to take time to do all that. Maybe it, it, maybe you spend, I don't know, two, four, five hours a month, but you plot it out and you just stick to it and you stick to it and you stick to it and you keep up with marketing changes so you can incorporate those changes into things that you're doing. Uh, and it is work. And then after a couple of years, maybe you your 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 revenues are up to where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna farm this out. I'll I'll hire a marketing firm to market my books for me. Those are some steps, practical steps you can take. And if you take them, if you take them consistently, you will see results. And again, when your experiences change, the the people coming into your life start to change. It, it, some people start fading out of your life. You're moving. You're moving. It's not a bad thing. You're moving. Just like if you move to another house or another apartment, you're going to start seeing different faces. And it's just that simple. When you're moving, things around you 
start to look different. So I encourage you to continue to move forward, and thank you for being here with us here at Off the Shelf. And I invite all of you, uh, uh, some people don't like to ask questions on the air. Uh, you can always email me. Uh, in my email, you can get through, just click it on the email at my website, which is chistel, C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L dot com. Again, that's C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L dot com. And I'd love for you to get a copy of any one of my books, Portia, Love As Many Faces Is Sold Out, Portia, Spiral, Long Walk Up, or Love Pour Over Me. And most of the books, you can get in ebook form for, I think, less than $6. Uh, love, love as many faces. Three dollars and three cents is the lowest I've seen. I think it's at Amazon. So uh, I encourage you to to get a copy of, of of one of the books and visit the website. You can email me questions and I can answer them live on the air. Or I'll email you the answers to the questions directly at no cost at all. And I do respond to people when they email me. And we finished today's show, another show, another lesson, and continuing to move forward. Don't let circumstances, don't let unexpected events stop you. If you it, for those who listen off the shelf every, every Saturday, I think that lesson has come through. I think it has because I've done that time and time and time again. And I encourage you to do the same. Keep your eye on the prize. Don't let unexpected things cause you to veer off. Keep going in the direction you want to end up in and to the spot you want to end up in. And as I always tell you, you are so incredibly amazing, and I mean that. And I hope that one day you will really see how amazing you are. You're, you're just awesome, awesome, awesome. And I encourage you to go out and create another fabulous day for yourself. Please come back next Saturday. We do have another guest, and I'm going to start to start banging these guests over the head, but we do have another guest next Saturday, 11 o'clock. Please come back. Tell your family, your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, everybody. Tune in to Off the Shelf Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock, and you can also go enjoy our shows, other shows we've had with fabulous guests by uh, just checking out our archives. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you next Saturday, 11 o'clock. Bye for now.